Well, hey, everybody. Happy Mother's Day. Man, it is just so hard to believe that here we are, just moving further and further through spring, and it's Mother's Day. It's just crazy. Uh, we hope you're well. So great to have you with us. I know you've already been welcomed. And again, we just want to say hello and welcome to all the moms, but not just the moms in our community, all the ladies in our community. Uh, women play such an important, vital part in our community and in our church. And we uh, love you all. I'm just so thankful for all of you. And I hope this is a day that you can just rest and relax and enjoy the day and uh, even this gathering today I hope is just a blessing to you and will bring some rest to your life but I just I continue to say and if you've been around for a while you know our position on women and women in leadership we hold a very very high uh, position and high value on women in leadership and just the role of women in the church so we love you all very much so um, I don't know if you know this story. You probably know this story pretty well. The story of Martha and Mary in the Gospels. Well-known story. If you've been around the church, I'm sure if you were the flannel board, if you were around the flannel board in Sunday school, this is a story you've probably heard. And here's how it typically goes. It typically goes like this. Don't be busy like Martha, right? This is kind of the general presumption of the story. You have this story. We're going to read it in a second here where Jesus comes to these sisters' home. And I've always heard it taught, don't be like Martha. She's busy, she's preparing things for Jesus, she's kind of getting ready, and then of course you have Mary with Jesus, listening to Jesus at his feet. And kind of the moral takeaway is, make sure you're like Mary and not like Martha. And I'm sure if you've been around the church, many of you can relate to kind of this application of this particular story. Now, here's the thing. It's not necessarily wrong. Like, let's be honest. There is nothing you or I can do to save ourselves. And so I've heard this taught that we don't have to climb a ladder to get to Jesus. He just wants to be with us. And is that true? I think that's plenty true. I think that's absolutely true. Um, and I do want to caution us from thinking that somehow we can just climb a ladder to get to God. God, through Jesus, came to us in human flesh and blood, put on display what God is like and invited us to follow him. And so there's always this picture before us that God came to us. But as we talk about this story, I actually think that it runs deeper than purely don't work all the time, make sure you're with Jesus, make sure you're not caught up in what you're doing. There's actually a deeper story to it. Now I will say this, before we, before we read the text. Before the pandemic, there was a pandemic, right? And it was the pandemic of busyness. Man, just before March 2020, I just heard over and over people just feeling like they're burnt out and tired and running from one thing to the next. If you wanted to write a really good book the last couple of years, you probably would have wrote it on rest and slowing down and not hurrying. I think of AJ Swoboda's book that we went through a couple years ago on Sabbath and the importance of that. And there's many other popular level books over the last couple of years really dealing with this. So there was a pandemic before the pandemic and it was busyness. So I want to caution us and just let you know that slowing down is actually a good thing. And again, we can't earn our way to God. But again, with all that said, as I've read some scholars, there is another approach to, this particular, approach to this particular text that I think is really important to look at. So let's read the text. If you have a Bible, we're going to be in Luke chapter 10. Let's take a second and read the story. And I want to show you something pretty amazing going on here. Luke 10 says this, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, 
he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened up her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do this work by myself? Tell her to help me. All right, Martha, Martha, Jesus responded. You are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed or indeed only one. Mary, listen to what Jesus says, has chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from her. Mary has chosen what's better. So here you get a picture. Martha's pretty upset that Mary is sitting at the feet of Jesus and wants her to help prepare this for Jesus. What's going on here? Well, I'll just say this. Listen, if Jesus showed up to your house, you would probably prepare some things. I mean, it's just hard to kind of point the finger at Martha being like, what are you doing? You're always working. Why won't you just kind of hang out? Listen, if Jesus showed up to your house or to my house, quite fitting that I'm in my house, I would probably get some beverages ready. I would get some things ready for him as my guest. You know, this traveling rabbi teacher, you would, I mean, hospitality was massive in the first century. And even today, you have a guest like Jesus coming over. You're going to prepare some things. But the question is, why is Martha upset with Mary? Is it more than just that she's not helping prepare or is there something deeper that's going on in this story? Well, I think there is. I think you can approach it in different ways. The ways that I just shared there from kind of my Sunday school upbringing, fantastic kind of implications there for us, right? Spend time with Jesus. But in the first century, Homes basically had two types of spaces. Now remember, this is a very patriarchal society. I'm just the paper boy. I'm not saying this is how it should be, but this is how it was. In a first century home, at this time, these sisters, in a home like this, there would have been female space, and then there would have been male space, which would have been open up to male public that would have come into the home. So in the home, there was basically two rooms. At the front, of the home typically was male space. In the back was female space. Now just think with me, where would Jesus in this story be sitting in the home? He'd be sitting in the male space, right? Jesus would be sitting in the male space. And as a woman like Martha preparing and getting ready, typically she would have been in the female space in the home. But why is this story kind of disorienting for Martha? Where, let's ask the question, where was Mary? Mary was in the male space. She had crossed kind of the cultural divide of that day, and where was she? She was sitting at the feet of Jesus. Actually, in Greek there, in in Luke's writing, it's the same phrase that was used when it speaks of Paul, the Apostle Paul, sitting under his rabbi as a disciple. Like explicit imagery here that she is sitting at the feet of the rabbi. And here's the thing. She actually violated the custom of the day to sit at the feet of Jesus with men, other men, as a disciple. And here's the thing. I think, you can look at it all sorts of different ways, but I actually think this is the reason why Martha is so upset. It's not just about dinner and her not helping prepare. It's the fact that she stepped out from where she belongs, 
in the female space in that day. Now, that's not, this is what, not what I think. But in that day, in the patriarchal kind of society, in the, the moment they lived in, she was at a place. She belonged in the female space with Martha doing her thing. And yet, Jesus actually embraces her and actually affirms this action of her crossing this boundary and sitting at his feet. Not only that, we see here that Jesus actually rebukes Martha. Let me read verse 41 again. He says, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed or indeed only one. And then Jesus says of Mary, she has chosen what is better and it would not be taken away from her. The reality here is, the whole, I think this whole story, and if actually when you read through the Gospel of Luke, over and over you just realize, somebody told me one time, just read the Gospel of Luke in light of woman, and you realize all these stories, these contrasting stories of showing how Jesus places value on woman and invites these women to follow him, which would have been completely upside down in the first century. Here we get a story where Jesus actually affirms and welcomes and defends women where they are culturally not welcomed. Are you out there, people? I mean, the subversity of the story when you read it in that light changes the whole thing. Again, as somebody told me to read through the Gospel of Luke, I'm reading these stories and realizing over and over, this is punk rock, man. What Jesus is doing here and inviting women to follow him was so upside down. And this is more than just, hey, you need to help Martha get ready. It's more than just, hey, let's be busy. Don't be busy. Don't be like Martha. Be like Mary. No, no, no. Mary did something audacious in that moment as she sat at the feet of her rabbi. And on this Mother's Day, I just want to remind us, again, we talk about this quite a bit as a community, just how Jesus placed value on women. I often hear um, in our moments when people talk about women in the church, I often hear people say things like, we just need to progress right? We just need to progress. And I actually think that's not necessarily the point because it's not just about progressing in our ideas about the kingdom and women and their ability and responsibility to play in the kingdom of God. It's more than just about progressing. Actually, when you look back thousands of years ago, you begin to see that Jesus was breaking down barriers, cultural and patriarchal barriers around the way women were treated. And Jesus was progress progressing, if you, that's the language you want to use around this, 2,000 years ago. I don't think it's, I think um, it was Justin Trudeau when he was, and this is not a political statement, but just when he was elected had said something like um, about woman in his cabinet, he said it's 2016 or 2017, whatever the year was or whatever. And I just get thinking more than just it's 2021 and we need to progress. We look back and we see what Jesus did and we see he was creating this way from the beginning. That even our creation account, uh, the Hebrew creation account, that placed male and female as image bearers of Yahweh, of God, was just this just totally upside down thing. So I'm not here because I know our community is very much, we're, we're talking about these things a lot. I'm not here to try and convince anybody of anything, just to let you know that when we come to this particular story afresh, we begin to see what Jesus was doing. And Jesus, all throughout the gospels, had these women that were following him. And without woman on the day of resurrection, 
we probably, things would be a lot different. Think about it. It was the men who ran away scared. It was the men who couldn't be found, and yet it was these female disciples that had been following Jesus that were what some would call the apostle to the apostles. I think of Mary Magdalene later on in the story, the apostle to the apostles, the one that brings this news while all the men were running and hiding. Women play a vital part in the kingdom. And as we come to a time of communion here, I just want to remind us that God has called us together. And no matter where you're from, where where you've come from, what position in life you're in, what gender you are, all these things that sometimes we want to categorize ourselves in, Jesus is calling us to the table. And my hope is over the next couple minutes um, that we could come and we could come to the feet of Rabbi Jesus. He's inviting us to love him with heart, soul, mind, and strength. And just as this story shows us that Mary had the audacity to kind of cross those lines and enter that room, Jesus is inviting us to the table, each and every single one of us, to eat and to feast and to experience him. Now, we normally do this in community, obviously in the same room together. We're in a unique season, but we're going to just enter a time of communion. And I think what better day than a day like Mother's Day, this day where we celebrate women in the church, just to reflect and to sing and to be reminded that Jesus invites us to the table. And so I know the team is prepared. Maybe you have bread and wine with you and you want to join in. Maybe in a couple minutes you want to eat a meal in Jesus' name. I just want to remind us, Jesus is calling us to himself. Would you and I come to the feet of the rabbi?